The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Dan Dan, the Board Game Man, with this week's Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. Each episode, I'm going to give you a topic for the list and give you my picks for the top five or so of those games on that list. Now, while talking to Steven, he brought up the idea of revisiting a few of the ideas that we've done in the past. So things like Top 5 Games for Beginners, uh, those wanting to get into you know tabletop board games, and then following up with Top 5 for Mid-Levels, and then Top 5 for Advanced Games. Now, in the last episode, I did get into the Top 5 Games for Beginners, and as I've been doing research for the kind of next level, mid-level, and advanced games, I think I'm going to make this a four episode, because I think that there are games that are advanced, and then I think there are kind of games that... Best, best way I can say them is like expert games, kind of usually your dry soulless, just heavy Euro. And then there's even games beyond that, but I'm not going to go beyond it because some of the war games and some of the 18xx games are even more, you know, even further down the road than expert games. And they're just kind of the really heavy weight games, just even beyond that. But like I said, last time I did the top five for beginners, and this was a great way to show off, you know, showing off point to get new gamers in that haven't gotten into hobby board gaming uh, and I did a similar list and I started here about five years ago. And, you know, back then I decided to make these games that I've been talking about now published 2018 or later. And they, that first one, they had to be less than a 2.0, 2.08 from BGG and it had to be taught in 10 minutes or less. Now today we're kind of graduating into the second step of games. Now I guess they would be mid level or intermediate games. I, I honestly have no idea. Uh, what to call this space, you know, in a gaming between entry level or beginner games and then the kind of the advanced or heavier games. So I guess we'll call them the next step games or the intermediate games. I'll figure out what I want to call this one at some point, but I'm still even still struggling what this label needs to be for these games. But and then for this list, again, I'm going to be going after 2018 and I'm going to be putting this weight as no more than 3.0 on BGG's weight scale. And of course, like most things on Board Game Geek. The scale is good, but there's some outliers that I may not agree with in weight because I think there's one or two on here uh, that are under uh, 2.0 that I still felt like were next level games. But here's the you know the best way I did it for the list. Now, again, these games will still be pretty easy to learn, but they're going to re- require likely a little more teaching and probably have a few different elements of gaming to learn to play with you know play with together and likely a bigger likely a bigger rule book. So if you were learning this yourself, it might be a little weird to read if you were just starting out in gaming. So you kind of want to know some of the aspects of regular gaming to get into these kind of rule books. Now, uh, I'll say this, and um, there are a lot more games that I had for this particular one to go through uh, than I did for at the beginner. So in the interest of time and everyone's listening sanity, I've already drambled on as it is just explaining this list. I'm going to cut a lot of these out, but if you'd like to see my whole list, uh, just let me know in a major spoilers discord and I'll post the whole list there and the ones that were kind of the also rants. Now, before I get into the top five, I do have a couple of honorable mentions. I didn't keep all the also rants off of here, uh, but there really wasn't anywhere I wanted to kind of put these couple in there. So these are both kind of deck building games, but they're not uh, kind of the 
individual, you know, the earlier deck building, this is kind of another next step in deck building. Eternal Chronicles of the Throne is an amazing kind of next step deck builder in which every little thing is different. Now, this isn't to be confused with Eternal, the card game, which is kind of a CCG online, which is an excellent CCG, but this Eternal Chronicles of the Throne is excellent. I really hope they make some more of this because it just has this, every game's a little bit different because you're really, you know, kind of meshing your initial deck as you go with what's in the main row. You'll have a, a center row where you're adding cards, but there's kind of combos that develop. And that combo thing is kind of what makes this kind of a next level of deck building. And then the other one for this is the DC deck building game, Rebirth. Now, I'm pretty sure the DC deck building game and a lot of other iterations were for before 2018. Now, what Rebirth does is it kind of brings the Rebirth universe into there, but it also brings a little bit of a legacy or scenario element. So I think that's what brings this into more of the advanced because you're kind of planning a lot more planning in this game as you go and also planning for games down the road. Uh, another excellent game by Cryptozoic, but the DC deck building game, Rebirth. Now, there's... Uh, honorable mentions I wanted to do about two-player game honorable mentions for this kind of next level of gaming. Naga Raja, which is an excellent two-player game where you each are kind of trying to do kind of a visual spatial where you're trying to get around the... Uh, you've got kind of a three-by-three uh, three grid and you're going into what is kind of caverns and you're putting these different chits on there which are different kind of, uh, they'll be almost like maze pieces. And you're trying to connect the beginning of the, of your entry point of the mazes to the uh, sides where you will uncover basic gems or victory points. And you're doing this by playing cards, which will allow you to then, you're kind of playing one or two cards out in front of you. And what that'll allow you to do is uh, you'll be rolling these kind of dice, which will give you more pips, which will either get you the uh, kind of maze piece that's up for grabs, or it may allow you to do a little different cheaty things, uh, which gives you kind of abilities to activate other cards that are in your hand. And it's kind of a push and pull, an excellent two-player game. Uh, and there's also Stellar, uh, which was by Renegade Game Studios. This is by Ben Pitchback and Matt Riddle. This is an excellent kind of, Sounds like a, a space theme or, or I guess a telescoping theme of uh, looking into the universe. And as you're kind of drafting, you know, it's a little kind of, it's not just drafting. It's kind of a next level drafting to it. So, uh, you're trying to get different, uh, objects in space, you know, planets, moons, asteroids. Uh, I think they're interstellar clouds, black holes and satellites and such, all the different things you see in space. But there's kind of another visual spatial element to it where as you're kind of drafting and putting them into your tableau, you have to have certain things next to each other and you want kind of alike things and then other times you want different things because there's a lot of different kind of uh, majority in those uh, different kind of areas. So that's an excellent, excellent two-player game. Uh, once you play it, again, it's another one where you, once you play it once, you'll understand it, but it is kind of that next level. Now, number five, uh, this is where uh, I'm kind of going into kind of a co-op, you know, uh, well, it's a little bit of a cheat because one of them is a co-op and the other one is kind of a one-on-one -on -one battle system. So first I want to talk about the unmatched game system from Restoration Games. Pretty much this one is listed as a 2.0 in BGG, but it's a little bit more, uh, it kind of gets a little more complex as you're playing, but this is another one-on-one -on -one game where you're kind of playing, uh, uh, you know, playing someone like either the genie or Bruce Lee or even a Tyrannosaurus Rex. So you, you're kind of have this game system where you're, you're matching one-on-one -on -one or even, um, uh, either they've got uh, the Invisible Man, Jekyll and Hyde. They've got all sorts of great themed decks there that you're going one on one with somebody else, and, uh, and then you're playing cards and kind of going throughout this map. It's what makes it kind of a little bit more. It's not really overly heavy, but it just has that extra little layer of kind of combat and card play, which brings that into this again, into this more advanced level. And also, uh, which one? That I another one I really like is Thanos Rising: Avengers: Infinity War. This was a system put out by the OP. It's kind of 
it's a co-op game and you've got a going against the big bad here and in, in the original one which was thanos rising thanos is in the middle and there's three different sectors and he kind of rotates around he's trying to get the infinity gauntlet and all the different infinity gems put together and you're trying to put together uh, a, a team of avengers where you get different dice and as you're rolling the dice to give you more symbols that you can either uh be able to put them against two more uh, get more Avengers onto your team, or you're going to fight some of the minions or the children of Thanos that are out there. And after a certain amount of kind of rescued or, or you know, rescued Avengers and such, uh, and also defeated minions, then you can win the game. But if Thanos gets all, all his glove, you know, d- assembles a thin Infinity Gauntlet, obviously they win. Now, what's really cool, uh, it's very easy, easy to play, but it just has that next level of kind of, again, the planning of strategy. There's really cool. There's a Harry Potter version. It's the Death Eaters Rising. And there's a Star Wars version, Empire Rising. I don't think, I think that's what's called Empire Rising. And I don't know because of licenses if that one's over here in the U.S. yet. But I really I haven't got a chance to play the Star Wars version, but I really would love to get my hands on that one. Uh, my number four in the next level, the intermediate games, are the intermediate roll and rights. Now, these two just happen to be by the same designers, uh, together because they they're kind of uh i really think they brought rolling right into that next level of and kind of the little more complexity uh which once you're kind of into gaming you know knowing the combos and then learning the game isn't going to be that much of a big deal because you've already learned kind of the basic ones this is by of course uh the guys over at motor city gameworks uh riddle pinchback and hill uh you've got fleet the dice game and you've got three sisters now these are kind of rolling rights where you've got two sheets and they are very combo heavy which kind of makes it more than just your individual games now don't get me wrong i've played fleet the dice game with my family and it is kind of instructory but i wanted to put this on the more advanced because really just having a little you know having the two sheets and having all sorts of things you can trigger off of makes it a little bit more and the same thing with three sisters which is kind of uh, all based around farming uh there's kind of a rain phase and you're kind of planting your garden and then everything's going to trigger off of other of each other and then there's also a lot of uh, kind of powers you can get in there but amazing games that is my number four the advanced roll and rights now number three this is an interesting one because this is kind of the next level of kind of euro without getting too uh dry soulless euro you're not really into that heavy heavy euro but i wanted to put this in here now some people were probably wondering why wingspan wasn't on my beginner list I don't think Wingspan is really a beginner game, and especially if you're going to teach it, there's a really, uh, and you know, with the rule book and some of the advanced rules in, that are in Wingspan, I think it really gets into that next level of kind of intermediate game. Uh, there's a great video. If you ever see Manny Patankin, uh, you know, Indigo Montoya. If you ever see a, if you ever follow him on Twitter, there's a video that's out. I believe that by his son put out with him trying to read the rule book for Wingspan, and boy, did he get frustrated. So that just shows you that no matter how much we think of, you know, us gamers out there think that something like Wingspan is very good for bringing people into the hobby. While it is still not a, a beginner's game and, and there still is more nuance to our hobby. So that's why I put Wingspan among this Euro, kind of the next step in Euros. Uh, also, I've got Cape May. This is my Thunderworks GM. Uh, it's kind of, it's a game that's going to look a little bit more complex than it really is to explain because really all you're doing is going throughout the capes, the city of Cape May, and then you're just building kind of buildings. You're either putting up uh, one type of building or another type of building and then kind of advancing the building itself, or you're kind of getting uh, bird chits as you're going around because you're kind of doing a set collection. So kind of the advanced thing here is kind of uh, moving your your city forward and moving them to the next level of the buildings. And then that set collection there together makes it kind of like, say, like kind of a next step of 
uh, you know, next step of Euros. And then, of course, one of my favorite games of all time is kind of in this vein, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Now, Lost Ruins of Arnak, for whatever reason, uh, this is by Czech Games Edition. This has got a 2.88. I think that is way high for what it really is. I really think this is a 2.5 or below. And Lost Ruins of Arnak has a great mechanism where it's got uh, it's very simple deck building, but you are building your deck over time. And then you're exploring kind of areas where you're kind of, and, and then you're also going up the research track. You're playing kind of an Indiana Jones type and you're kind of going into this temple and exploring areas. And then as you're getting your kind of getting resources, then you're unlocking or going up the track or being able to do other abilities there and, and kind of uh, using other cars or getting more cards and items in your deck or artifacts in your deck and then getting some victory points. So very, very easy, but yet still kind of that little bit of a next level. So that was my number three, Wingspan, Lost Runes of Arnak, and Cape May in that kind of next level Euro. Now, my number two kind of has a combination of kind of uh, more abstract and then kind of another co-op. I didn't really know where to put Horrified because Horrified is an amazing, amazing game, but it didn't really fit into my number one. But it is a one that I really wanted to say is kind of that next step. It could be could really be an introductory, but it's kind of, this is one I struggled with. Actually, all three of these I struggled with, with my list of being introductory or kind of the next level. So you've got Horrified, Gizmos, and Reef. Now, Gizmos and Reef are also uh, kind of abstract even. Now, Horrified, you're, well, let me start with Horrified. You're basically playing a co-op game where you have a certain amount of actions each turn and everybody's got their own player powers, but you're trying to defeat some of the old, like Dracula... Uh, or the creature from the Black Lagoon, or Frankenstein. Basically, you're you're trying to defeat some of the uh, uh, horror villains of all time, but it's really not that hard. You've got a couple of different extra mechanics in it, and just the whole co-op element kind of makes it kind of a one-step pass there, but just still a very easy-to-introduce-to-people game, but absolutely amazing game. That's horrified. Gizmos kind of plays almost like a match three, but it's really kind of usually just kind of a match two, but as you're kind of, uh, as you're kind of taking out uh, the... Um, uh, marbles out of this kind of mechanism. Uh, you're kind of taking this gizmo, the, the marbles out here, and you're putting them into your tableau. And then as you're kind of uh, creating kind of your little gizmos or making gizmos, you're triggering, you're, you're, you're basically able to take more marbles. Uh, I guess it's not really a matching thing at all. You're really just, uh, that would be more potion explosion, which would be more of a matching. This is just kind of grabbing the marbles and putting them into. And, and as you're kind of ramping up the game, you're getting more triggers where you're getting more uh, marbles you can take uh, to put into your gizmos. And also you're triggering other things. So that kind of makes it the next level uh, of the, because you're kind of triggering three or four different things at a time sometimes, and then also drafting or buying some other gizmos to put together into your tableau. Now, Reef, uh, Reef was another one that is an under a two, and it probably could have fit into the individual ones, but just kind of the visual spatial, and you're kind of, uh, you're making your own kind of coral reef, but uh, in, in the cards, are kind of multi-use cards where you've got certain amount of the colors of the reef pieces that you're putting into your tableau, and also a scoring. So, kind of has that next level feel to it because you're really doing two or three things at one time planning ahead really going in a 3d space on your board but uh just a, a, again another amazing game my number two there kind of this horrified gizmos and reef kind of combo of kind of abstractiness uh and then my number one game set of games for kind of that next level again we've got your your drafting kind of space or kind of the your drafting cards or drafting uh different car uh, different things here uh, or dice uh my number one we're going to go with Sagrada here. Again, Sagrada is one that's rated 1.92 in the weight, but there's just kind of that extra little bit of difficulty in the game where I think 
Uh, it can still be a beginner, but I really wanted to put this one into the kind of the next level intermediate where you're drafting dice. Now, everybody's got a different board. Uh, and, and as you're drafting dice, the same color cannot go next to each other. And then the same number cannot go next to each other. And each uh, player will have a card that they'll put into their board that will have even one step further. Like it may have some numbers pre-printed on there or some colors pre-printed that force you to use those colors. So you're constantly thinking ahead as to what can I use here, but you're also constrained by the the dice that you've already drafted. And it has this kind of serpentine draft where player one, two, and three, and then three goes again, two, and then one, and then kind of the dice that are left over for player one, you'll have two dice by the time it gets back to you. So it has that little bit of extra, but just still an amazing, easy game. Uh, And there's an app. So if you want to check that out, definitely check that one out as well. Then the rest of these are kind of straight drafting Space Base, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, Space Base, you're going to have this kind of uh, what I roll, everybody gets stuff, but they're still drafting, which you're kind of making your tableau. You'll have a board in front of you from one to 12. Each one of those numbers will have a different card. As you replace one of the numbers, it will flip over and it will go underneath your board. And that's how you're going to be able to trigger things on other people's turns. So if I roll a one and a four, if somebody else, if Steven has something uh, that he has flipped upside down on a one, but not on a four, he'll be able to trigger that one. Or if he has something on a five, because one and four, the two dice equal the five. So you're either going to take the one and a four or the five. And then, of course, when it's your turn, you're obviously always going to have something on every one of your numbers. So you're always going to decide whether you're going to take each one of the numbers individually or the sum of the numbers. And then there's other things that trigger off there, which makes it what makes it a little bit more is kind of the drafting, uh, the triggers, the the different uh, kind of things, combos that you can trigger, which makes it a little bit more complex, but still an easy game to learn. Absolutely amazing. Space Base, uh, also part of that number one group. Uh, and then there's another game called Nidavellir. Now, Nidavellir, the only reason why this, again, goes into the second level intermediate board game is because as you're kind of drafting these, you're you're doing this hidden, uh, it's, it's a hidden auction game with some drafting. So there'll be three different taverns of dwarves and you'll deal out cards depending on how many players equal to number of players in the three different taverns. You will have coins, you'll have five coins and you're going to take coins and there'll be varied numbers. You'll start off with zero, one, two, three, and four, I believe might even be five, Uh, but you're going to put a coin in each one of these face down. Everybody will do that. Then depending on who wins each one of the the different uh, taverns, that person is going to draft first and then the next person is going to draft second. If there's ties, there's a tiebreaker. And then there's also the zero coin, which you will, is how you're kind of up, you're upgrading your other coins that you did not use because you're only, you'll have five coins and then there's three that you will use and a two that you didn't use. So if you play your zero coin, it's a good way to upgrade some of your coins. Uh, but you're really uh, become set collection. There's different colored dwarves. They all have different ways of scoring. Some are just uh, straight uh, put the numbers are on a card. Some of them are kind of multipliers where the numbers on a card times how many of those symbols on that. And others will kind of trigger things after the round. There's also ways that when you have one of each one of the five colors, then you will draft a, a kind of a expert dwarf there that will help you in one of another different ways. Uh, there's a lot of different there. They can help with, with different colors or they can be other set collection. But just that drafting is just amazing. And it's very, very easy. I've played this with all varied levels of gamers, brand new gamers, and then uh, you know, my family and then other expert gamers. I just think this one is a next level gamer just because it triggers so many different things and so many different things to think about that it kind of puts it into that next level. And finally, part of this same kind of group of kind of drafting and then producing is a game called Villagers. This is a game uh, that is uh, it's fairly under the radar, but it is still available out there. This is by Sinister Fish Games and Hawken Gardner. Uh, this came out 2019. It plays really quick, about a half hour to an hour 
uh, one to five player games. And now, and it's got a bunch of different expansions out there and kind of, it, you're basically just drafting villagers. You'll have a certain amount of drafts and a certain amount of builds. Draft is how you get them into your hand. And as you're kind of building them into your tableau, kind of putting them off of what you do, you may need, uh, uh, you may need a milkmaid before you can get a woodworker or, or there's a lot of different uh, cards that are, you know, they trigger off each other or they build off of each other. Uh, of course, that was probably a bad example. You'll have a lumberjack, which will then you could either uh, build, also build a carpenter on top of that or a cooper. Uh, you'll have kind of a hayer, which can then become a grazer or a milkmaid. And each one of those will either give you coins or to unlock other kind of uh, abilities that will people will have to pay you to unlock to use certain cards because certain cards have to be unlocked by others. Or it may even give you more builds or more drafts. Now, again, pretty simple concept, but there's just kind of that next level feel to it where kind of you're triggering other things and you're uh, having to unlock other things and also getting more, more builds and more abilities. Just but it is very easy and very kind of just a very fun game, but just kind of maybe a little more overwhelming to someone that hasn't gotten into hobby board gaming yet. So uh, I'll go real quick over them. My top five, uh, again, this is, I, I know I'm sorry, I cheat a lot, but kind of the number five, you have this kind of advanced system where unmatched system and Thanos rising and Vin Avengers Infinity War. You got number four, the next level rolling rights, which is fleet to dice game and three sisters. Number three, kind of your next level euros wingspan, Lost Runes of Arnak and Cape May. And number two, kind of your a little more abstracty games, Horrified, Gizmos, and Reef. And number one, uh, these just kind of, uh, I mean, you're probably in uh, one to five, you can probably mix them up and just use either one of these. But again, I really love the whole drafting element. And I think that kind of make, taking it to the next level of drafting with Sagrada, Space Base, Nivellier, and Villagers. Thanks for joining me this week on Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. If you have any questions or want to tell me what you had as your top five games for intermediate gaming, or if you do love any of the games I mentioned, please feel free to comment on this episode of Majorsports.com. Hit me up on Twitter or go to the site for tons of other great podcasts and content by Steven and the rest of the Major Sports crew. And of course, go to the Major Sports Discord where we can chat about all sorts of board games. I love chatting on that Discord. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm Dan Dan, the board game man. And you can find me at Geek Jock Dan on Twitter or on the Geek All Stars podcast, the Munchkin Land podcast here on Major Spoilers, where I give twice a month 10 to 15 minute board game news show. And of course, as a contributor to TMSPM, where I do a board game segment with Scott and Brian. I'll be back soon with more top five board game goodness. Uh, well, next. Next time, I'm going to be doing a top five games for advanced gamers. Uh, maybe, I guess, expert, but I guess we'll just call them advanced gamers anyway. But until then, grab a new board game and have some fun with family and friends. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. 